as all of us have a seat here, I want to invite any children who are watching to come a little bit closer to your screen and give me a chance to tell you how glad I am to be worshiping with you this morning. You may have noticed if you've been worshiping online for a few weeks that the colors have changed this morning. We were wearing white and everything was white up here after Easter and now everything has turned red. It's because today is a very special holy day that we call Pentecost. It's really what we think of as the birthday of the church because on this day the followers of Jesus were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went out into the world and started telling everybody about the wonderful things that God had done through Jesus, and the church was born. And so we have candles, like you might have on your birthday, candles, and each of the flames on these candles reminds us of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sometimes described in this story as looking like a flame of fire, Or sometimes in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is described as looking like a dove coming down. I don't know. I don't have a dove on my stole this morning, but there may be one somewhere in the sanctuary you can see. And I have another image I want you to think about when you think of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen one of those big fireworks, like on July 4th, when the light goes up into the sky and then it goes boom and it spreads out all across the sky? That's what I think of when I think about the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came on that little group of people and then they spread out across the world telling the world about God's love. And that's what we're invited to do too. We come together to worship on Sunday mornings and we're together even though we're worshiping online and we're all in our different homes, we're still together worshiping. And then from here, we go out into the world or wherever we are going today and tomorrow, and we share God's love with everybody. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we thank you for filling those first followers of Jesus and sending them out into the world to tell everyone about your love. Fill us too this day with your love. And help us be your messengers wherever we go, sharing your love and peace with the world. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for listening. And now I'm going to invite everyone to pray with me. Holy Spirit, on that day long ago, when those first followers began proclaiming the powerful deeds of God, everyone who gathered could hear in their own language. So in this moment, in spite of my inadequacy and small words that I have put together, May each and every one of us hear your word, hear from you what you need to say to us this day. Help us to be open-hearted to your spirit among us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So today is Pentecost. 
that day when we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, filling those first followers of Jesus. And for all of my life, as I have studied this story and read this story, and for the the few years that I've been preaching this story, there's one aspect of it that has always confused me, and I've never been able to visualize it. We know the story that in Acts 1, the first chapter of Acts, we learn that there are about 120 followers of Jesus who are gathered together in a room. We find them at the beginning of chapter 2, all together in the house in Jerusalem. We don't know what house, but they're all together in an enclosed space. And then suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes rushing in on them with the sound of a violent wind, and flames of tongues as a fire rests on each one of their heads. And they begin to speak in languages they had never learned before. And then suddenly, strangely, this is the part that I've never been able to quite visualize. There are thousands of people on the streets of Jerusalem who hear them and see them. And they begin to hear in their own language all of these powerful deeds that Jesus' followers are talking about. And so what confuses me is what happened to the house? What happened to the walls of that room that they were in where suddenly now they're being heard by the throngs of people on the streets of Jerusalem? We hear Peter stand up and begin to preach. And though we didn't hear it in our text this morning, just a few verses later it says 3,000 people came to believe in Jesus as the Messiah that day. So surely 3,000 people couldn't fit in that house. So is this just a fault in the storytelling of Luke? Did he just fail to mention some details about the, the group moving out into the street? Or is there perhaps a deeper meaning behind this question? Could it be that one of the ways that the Holy Spirit works in the community of faith is bringing down walls, busting down those rooms that we put ourselves in, breaking through the locked doors and pushing us out into the streets, into the world, equipping us to speak in ways we never thought we could speak before, pronouncing God's love in new languages and new ways. When I first began to work on this sermon a couple of weeks ago, I thought, this is the perfect message for us in this moment of COVID-19. When we cannot at this moment gather in our building, this is the place usually where we come within these walls and we worship and we praise and we create community among one another. And then we go out into the world to share God's love in the ways that we're called to do. But in this particular season, we are not in the building. And there are some who say the church is closed. But I have heard it said, I don't even know who said it, but I keep repeating it. The church is not closed. The church is deployed. That's part of being the church. 
That is the birthing moment of the church, is being sent out into the world. We are deployed at this moment, my friends. And we continue to gather in worship and prayer, just as we're doing right now. But if we just stayed in that place, if we just stayed within the walls of the church, be they literal or figurative, we wouldn't be the church. The church becomes the church when we are out in the world proclaiming the love of God in our words and in our actions. But there's something in this image that speaks to me even more powerfully after the week that we have walked through together as a nation and as a community. It began to take shape for me on Thursday night when I gathered over Zoom for the first meeting of our book group. We have a group of folks in the church and some beyond the church who are joining us from other cities and other communities to read together the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. And as we gathered together, we began with introductions and to share why we were participating in this book study. And so many of us shared our, our sadness, our grief, and even our anger at the violent and unjust death of George Floyd. And just weeks before the news of Ahmaud Arbery, and again and again, this news of, of black men, unarmed, being killed violently by those who are supposed to be keeping order in our communities. And the pain that so many of our African and American friends and brothers and sisters experience every day, the stress and injustice that they live with every day. And as we read this book, and I would encourage you to get a copy and read it alongside of us. Because Kendi graciously tells his story and invites all of us, including himself, to examine those attitudes, those racist attitudes that we don't even know we hold and walk around the world with and begin intentionally to dismantle them in our words, in our actions, and our practices. And I began to realize in that conversation and in reading this book and looking around at the world and what is happening among us, that there's a room I've constructed. It's comfortable. A room where I can be complacent and keep silent. A room where if I stay in it, I am complicit in the injustices in our world. I began to realize my own racist ideas and assumptions and to confess them before God in prayer. And I realized that sometimes the Holy Spirit comes in the form of anger and grief and lights a fire underneath us so that we can see the walls that we've constructed. Yes, sometimes the Holy Spirit nudges us gently, invites us calmly 
to step out in new ways. But sometimes the Holy Spirit comes like the rush of a violent wind, the flames of a fire alighting on each head and drives us out beyond our comfort zones and speaks deeply within us saying, we cannot stay in this room anymore. We have to step out. One of the invitations that is in this story, one of the miracles that happened on the day of Pentecost was all of those thousands of people in the street suddenly began hearing about the powerful works of God in their own language. They began to hear one another. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, my friends, May we become holy listeners. May we be able to hear the pain of our neighbors. May we be able to hear with compassion a new language. Be open to learning new things in a new language. As I continued to shed tears and ponder the story of Pentecost and pray for the word of God to be among us this morning. I opened the scriptures yesterday, guided by my devotional book that I use for prayer time. And the scripture it had assigned for yesterday was 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love. I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. The Spirit empowers us, sometimes through anger, sometimes through grief, sometimes through joy, sometimes through listening, sometimes through curiosity, always inspires us to be people of love. And love is the greatest power there is. And so, my friends, I invite you, I invite myself, I invite all of us to allow the Holy Spirit this day and every day to continue to dismantle the walls that we build. In those moments where we think we've got the answers, we think we know, to continue to challenge us and push us beyond what we know, out into our world, to receive and proclaim the love of God so that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth as it is in heaven. O Holy Spirit, use us and make it so.